Christmas time. I mean, you really can't spell families without lies. Try it. We're going to Fiji. Yeah. Just the two of us. Fiji. Yeah. Don't your families get upset? Not if you tell them you're doing charity work. But don't you ever feel guilty? For taking a vacation on our vacation? <laughs> no, not really. No flights are coming in and no flights are going out. This isn't happening. Where are you headed for the holidays? Hi, Mom. It's my dad. They just saw us on the news. We have to go to all four families in one day, Kate. Huh? Do you have any idea what this means? Do you have any idea what you just committed us to? We just got to get through these four Christmases as quickly and as painlessly as possible. Merry Christmas, Mom. Hey, Dad. Good to see you, oh, Mom. Merry so Christmas, Dad. Uh, this is a town in France. What? You can't say France. It's on the phone. You don't have to buzz me like that, It's Brad. the same loud for everybody. It's okay, sweetie. Just do the next card. Uh, this is me. I'm a... Cradle robber. Uh, honey, beautiful. What Let's just keep say? going. Don't worry about it. Come on now. Where's Cassie? Oh, she's outside in the jump jump with the rest of the neighborhood kids. Kate always hated the jump jump. In the fifth grade, a bunch of kids trapped Kate inside the jump jump, and she, she never got over it. I, I got over it. They tortured her for about an hour. Why, why would they trap you in there that long? Because she was... Cootie Kate. Jump, jump, you jump, left me jump, in the jump jump to die. I thought you were waving at me like, hey, I'm getting past my fears. <laughs> you get me some sort of cheapo satellite? Oh, thanks. Cheapo satellite, I just gotta adjust it. How about now? I don't even want a fancy satellite. I don't want any kind of satellite. Not a satellite, genius. It's a satellite dish. <laughs> get off my roof. TV. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Merry Christmas and so excited about kicking off this new teaching series that Carlo had mentioned, Netflixmas. Uh, this is the second year we've done this and uh, it's really, really fun because all of us, we have those holiday traditions of watching holiday and Christmas movies during this season. It's really fun. Now, how many of y'all, you actually start, you watch the, like the Christmas in July on Hallmark. Anyone? All right, that was my mom and dad screaming. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else that does that. Uh, but I tell you, all of us, we have those favorite Christmas movies. In fact, if you would, right now, I want you to turn to the person next to you and mention to them, hey, what is your favorite Christmas movie? So go ahead and do that now. <laughs> all righty, I heard some of you guys' response. Uh, one loud one, Christmas Vacation. Um, yeah, that is a unique one. So, and I tell you, I love this holiday season because there's music, there's fantastic food, there's good uh, movies to watch. And for some of you, if I were to ask you, what is your favorite time about the Christmas season, the holiday season, you would say 
family. You love hanging out with family. You get to spend a little bit more time off work so that you can hang out with family. But if I also ask that next question, what is the worst part about your Christmas holiday season? Some of you would say the same thing, family. (laughs) Because whether you like it or not, family is either a really great source of joy or a really frustrating source of just anger. Um, And that's what we're going to be talking about today. In fact, I want to show you a clip of a a movie we're going to be looking at today. And one of the things I like about this next series is that we're going to teach some biblical truths from God's Word using the backdrop of some Christmas movies. And the Christmas movie we're going to be looking at today is Four Christmases. Y'all watch this clip. Big Bad Brad. Hey, hey. How you guys doing? Look at this. How are you? Hey. My girlfriend Kate. How are you? Stan and Eric. Yeah. So what are you guys doing for Christmas? Oh, I got the entire family flying in. Thirteen airport pickups. Four days of listening to how gifted my nieces are. My brother thinks his daughter, the uh, four-year-old, is going to be the next Beyonce. <laughs> She's bad. I'm vacationing in tropical Albany this year with Trisha's family. They got us a cot, which is awesome, but we'll probably end up sleeping on the musty couch in the basement with the cats, all seven of them. Oh, and we get to be there the whole week. Kind of sounds like a prison sentence. Why do you guys put yourselves through that? It's Christmas, right? Don't you have to? We don't need to do it anymore. And, and, and we don't. We absolutely don't do it anymore. No, we're done. Why? What are you doing? We're going to Fiji. Yeah. Just the two of us. Fiji. Don't your families get upset? Not if you tell them you're doing charity work. You know, something like building houses in third world countries. Teaching English as a second language in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Delousing orphans in Somalia. Helping uh, Chinese kids uh, capture lobsters. uh, Broil them, gut them, clean the weird stuff out of the middle. So we we find that the more details you give, kind of throws them off the set. You lie to your families at Christmas time. You really can't spell families without lies. No true words have been spoken, right? You really can't spell families without lies. The fact is, you know, you and I, we get to choose a lot of things in our life. We get to choose what career we want, what friends we want to hang out with. We get to choose where we uh, want to live, and, uh, and we get to choose spouses. We get to choose all that. But the one thing you and I cannot choose is your family. Your family can be, again, the biggest source of joy or the biggest source of pain uh, your family can make you lose sleep, and your family can make you question whether or not that you're a Christian. And uh, I get that. Today we're going to be looking at the movie Four Christmases, and it's a good movie. I'll tell you this. The, the thing about this movie is we're going to venture today into some territory of some things that I've never, ever, ever taught before uh, in my 24 years of being a pastor. But it's, and it's not something to be taken lightly, and it's simply we're going to be looking at what does it look like to be a stepmom, a stepdad, uh, a stepparent in blended families. In fact, there's probably no greater challenge in this world than uh, being a part of a blended family. And that's what Four Christmases is all about. It's about this couple who do everything that they can to avoid trying to be uh, with their parents uh, during the Christmas season. Brad is played by Vince Vaughn, and Kate is played by Reese Witherspoon. Both of their parents are divorced, so spending time with each of the four sets of parents separately gets a little crazy and confusing. So they decide to spend the holidays away from family, uh, so they invent stories like that they're helping people. But this year, when they go to get on the plane, a massive storm rolls in, and they get stuck at the airport. And what's worse is a television reporter interviews them in front of everyone and catches them on camera, so now their families know they're not inoculating babies in Burma. And they have to go and spend four Christmases with four sets of parents. So it gets a little complicated, to say the least. And I think for most of us, when it comes to the holiday season, that's exactly a great word that we could use, and it's the word complicated. In fact, one researcher writes about this, about step-parents and step-families. From a mathematical perspective, 
the number of possible interactions in a step family with children who move back and forth between two homes and with step parents who have biological children of their own can be thousands of times greater than a biological family's possible interactions. Step families don't have a family tree, they have a family forest. And it's easy to, to let yourself get lost in the family forest. Christmas can get complicated, uh, whether or not you're in a blended family or if you're not. It can just get quick, it, it gets complicated quickly. I mean, uh, how many of y'all have more than five parties to go to this Christmas season? Let me see your hands. A lot of you guys, exactly right. There's Christmas parties, there's work parties, there's family parties, there's church parties, and trying to be able to work out Christmas concerts and all of this stuff, it just gets complicated. You have to run everywhere to buy gifts for people, and you have no idea what to get them. It's complicated. Hanging up Christmas lights, and one bulb goes out, and what happens to the entire strand? It all goes out. It's complicated. You ever brought somebody to, a, to your family gathering and you realize, I've got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> uh, there's some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's complicated. Whenever you get together for family for the holidays, you have extended family, different backgrounds, different views on life, all under one roof, and you eat a meal together, and sometimes it can become a food fight. So today, at the beginning of the message, I just want to simply say, I want to give you five ingredients for good family drama, right? And here's the thing I know about you and me. We love watching drama on television, right? None of us like being a part of drama. But I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you, you are the source of family drama for your family. And if you don't think you are, you're probably the drama queen of it. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So five ingredients that make for family drama. Number one is confusion. Confusion. Confusion leads to drama. Back to four Christmases. Brad and Kate now have to go and spend time with Chris, uh, in Christmas with Brad's dad, then drive to Brad's mom's house for Christmas, drive to Kate's mom's house, and the end of the day, go to Kate's dad's house. And it gets complicated, and there's a lot of confusion, and it all begins with Brad's name. Watch this clip. <laughs> Listen, if one of these houses gets a little too intense, I think we're going to need an exit strategy. Oh, yes. So, like, we're going to need a word that both of us know that means it's time to leave. So, what do you think our safe word should uh, be? That's a good idea. Um, mistletoe. Mistletoe is really good. Okay. okay. By the way, this house here, my father's house, can get particularly uncomfortable. So, please, sweetheart, do not feel embarrassed if you feel the need to pull the ripcord early and say mistletoe if this house gets too uncomfortable for you. Okay. Even if we're in there for 10 minutes. All right. I'll let you know where I'm at. I'm just looking out for you on this one. I want you to be cool. Brad, I'm going to go see your dad and your brothers right now. Unless you're too weird with it, then we're not. I'm going in. All right, and going out would be? Mistletoe. Done. Let's get out of here. Brad, we're going in. Let's go. The TV stars actually came. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Dad. Merry Christmas, Tiny. Thanks, for, Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, good to see you. Come on in. Okay. Let's, uh, let's celebrate. Okay. That's a lot of presents you sent there, boy. You trying to outdo us here? You know the biggest one's for you, Howard. Yeah. What is it? I'm not going to tell you. you have to Crazy? Bro. Hey, buddy. Hey, yo! Ow! 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 Woo! Blake! Kate, these are my brothers, Denver and Dallas. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You must be uh, Orlando's girl. Orlando? I mean, we're, we're named after the cities in which we were conceived. I'm Denver, that's Dallas, <laughs> and this is Orlando. Orlando. Well, my given name is Orlando, but I changed it to Brad, so I'm Brad. What? <laughs> By the way, I am Clarksville, uh, but I changed mine to Chris. So anyway, I mean, confusion leads to drama. Uh, Kate and Brad have been in a relationship for the past three years, and she doesn't even know his real name. 
used to be Orlando, but he changed it to Brad. I mean, sometimes just the family dynamics around us is just, they're difficult to grasp. Our Christmas gatherings and experiences growing up might be very different from what we're experiencing now. In fact, let me tell you some of mine. Um, I remember the very first time I took Kim over to my grandparents' house for Christmas. Uh, There's about 55, 60 people all crammed in this little living room where about 12 people could sit comfortably, right? And, uh, And I don't know about 35 of these 60 people. I have no idea who they are. Um, uh, everyone gives a gift to everyone, so there's millions of gifts. Now, a- as a child, I mean, that's like amazing. You're like, oh, it's, I mean, everybody, all these gifts everywhere. So there are a lot of gifts under the tree, but let me tell you about most of these gifts. Most of these gifts have either been re-gifted or are free stuff that a person would get in the mail. I, I can't even make this stuff up. I had one aunt that would give me little tester vials of cologne, Uh, For Christmas, and that would be my Christmas gift. And when Kim saw all of this, she wasn't prepared. She wasn't. In fact, another thing, I mean, she got all of these gifts, and nobody really knew who she was. She didn't know. And if she didn't, like, make a big deal of saying thank you to everybody, then people's feelings would get hurt. And, and I remember she asked me to do an org chart so that she could understand how everyone is connected, and I couldn't do it because I'm like, I don't know half these people. It just gets confusing. The second uh, uh, ingredient for family drama is just complexity. If you look around the room at a family gathering, you're likely to spot some, some people on top of the world. They've had a fantastic year. The 2016 was the best year. They got promotions. They got raises. Uh, they uh, got a new job, whatever it is, and it has been a fantastic year for them. And then there's other people where it's not been a good year. Other people, they've lost income, they've lost status, they've lost jobs, and it's one of those things that it's just been a difficult year. And many of you know this, but because uh, we've talked about this this past year, but this year will be the first year that my wife uh, is going to experience Christmas without her parents. Uh, she lost her dad, and then she's lost her mom, and uh, it's just going to be different. I know my grandfather, my mom's dad, um, he uh, passed away, and it's just uh, it's just the family dynamic has changed on Christmas Eve because with him being gone, the entire it's just it's just different. It's change, which leads to the next ingredient, and that's simply this change. Change can lead to some really good family drama. Have you ever brought a boyfriend or a girlfriend uh, to the table, and you realize that you know what? There's gonna, this change is going to make some things dramatic. Y'all trying to figure it out, do we show them who we really are, or do we say, you know what, let's try to keep this face up for a couple of hours, and then we'll kind of let it all hang out. And, I mean, adding somebody new to the family drama just gets a little bit different and, and dramatic. Some of you guys have people in your family that brings a new person every year to the holiday table, right? It's like, hey, where's Bob? Oh, he was last year's model. Okay, this is Dave. He's just as good, but you probably uh, he probably won't be here next year, right? It's just like, what? I mean, come on. It's just this change leads to a lot of family drama. Number four, conflict, right? I mean, you can't have family drama without conflict, and that's exactly what we see in Four Christmases. Uh, Orlando slash Brad's brothers uh, are UFC fighters, and they're like, oh, they're just crazy, and that's how they express their love or hatred to one another. But sometimes traditions that are supposed to be fun, like decorating a Christmas tree or getting together with extended family, can actually bring a lot of tension to the family table. Many of our families, some of you, you have the drunkle, the drunk uncle, right? And they started drinking long before the eggnog ever came out, right? For some of you, it's a sibling. There's always family dramas with siblings, parenting and discipline dramas. I, I kid you not, a few years ago, I, one of my nieces was running around at my mom's house with a rolling pin in her hand, chasing after the other kids. It always brings a lot of family drama, right? For some of you, you have the Hatfields and the McCoys rivalry going on, and there's tension for some of you, and maybe with your spouse. I mean, I know many Christmas Eves, my wife and I have stayed up all night putting together bicycles and toys or play sets, and by the time we get to the family gathering, there is conflict a-brewing, right? And some of you are, well, you're a pastor. Yep, 
And I, I have my full share of adding the complex. Oh, we don't need the directions, honey. Let's just put it together ourselves. Last words ever spoken, right? I mean, the last ingredient for family drama that kind of pulls it all together is, is connection. Connection. Because you can have complexity, you can have confusion, change in conflict, but if you're not connected, if you don't love each other, uh, there's not going to be any family drama. So you have this connection that we're family, and sometimes family ties can be difficult sometimes. But we're still connected, despite our quirks and our issues. And in the South, you know, I can talk about my family, you can talk about your family, but you don't have the right to talk about my family, right? Through all of our dysfunction, we're at least dysfunctional together. Uh, Our family is going to be getting together in a few days, and some of you, you're going to be getting together with your family in the next few days, and we're going to exchange some gifts at mealtime, and and it's going to get complicated, and it's going to be dramatic, and there's going to be some circumstances that go beyond our control. But here's our big idea today, and it's simply this. Your family has drama. Does anybody agree with that? Yes, we do. Your family has drama, and if your family didn't have drama, it did when you showed up. It did. But here's another thing that we learned from the Christmas story. Not only does your family has drama, that God's family has drama. Think about this. God's family has drama. God could have done this any way that he chose. He wasn't backed her into a corner, and he didn't come up with a plan B. What he, I mean, he could have chosen to be born into a palace with a king and a queen. But if you look at the Christmas story, it's dramatic and it's complicated. Jesus' family was complicated because Jesus was part of a blended family. Did you know that? Jesus had stepbrothers and stepsisters and a stepdad. And that Jesus was able to live in a stepfamily without getting stepped on, is, is, it just wasn't easy. So let's look at Matthew chapter 1, and if you have version, go ahead and turn that on on your Bible. It's a free download, and hit the live events, and let's just kind of walk through this Christmas story that gets complicated very quickly. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18, it says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but... Before the marriage took place, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, hang on. Pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Has that ever happened before? I mean, that leads to some confusion, right? This is a young girl, probably 13, 14, 15 years old, and she is pregnant, and she knows it's not Joseph's baby. Next verse. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quickly. That decision to break off the engagement didn't happen overnight, by the way. The range of emotions that Joseph must have felt. Joseph loves this woman, Mary. He wants to be married to this woman, but she is hearing voices and seeing angels, and now she shows up and saying, it's God's baby. How does Joseph handle this situation? He finally decides, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break off the engagement. He could have publicly shamed her, but he didn't. And some of you, you're here today, and you know the brokenness of relationships that have gone south. Through divorce and conflict and confusion and complexity, Joseph is feeling all of that. As he considered this, Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, don't you know that wasn't a good night's sleep? A little complicated. And the angel said this, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son... And you are to name him, what? Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. By the way, the word Jesus means to save. Savior. It's the Greek Greek word is Jesus. The same Hebrew word is Yeshua or Joshua. Joshua and Jesus are the same word, just in a different language. And look at this. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive 
a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel, which means, what does it mean? God is with us. This is the story of God coming to earth. God could have done this any way he saw fit, but we see confusion, we see complexity, we see conflict, we see very difficult circumstances. And let me tell you, that gives me hope. That gives me hope. And here's the reason why, because it tells me that we love and that you and I serve a God who understands our complication. He isn't above it. He isn't outside of it. That God actually steps into you and I's complicated situations, and he doesn't move away from it. It says this, verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So Joseph gets married and takes a lot of cold showers because he wants to keep her a virgin. After Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary, you may not have known this, Joseph and Mary actually had multiple children, but Jesus wasn't Joseph's child. Jesus was God's child. Jesus was part of a blended family. So he had the same mom as all of these, and all of these brothers and sisters in Jesus. But Jesus had a different dad uh, than all of the other ones. So get this, your family has drama. And God's family has drama, and sometimes it gets messy. It did with Jesus' family, because did you know this? No one in Jesus' family believed him. No one in Jesus' family believed in him. That he was the son of God. In fact, let's look at uh, two passages, Mark 3.20. And uh, Jesus decides to go back to his, his hometown. Right? And this is what happens in Mark 3.20. One time Jesus entered a house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. They were so busy they could not uh, find any time to be able to eat some food. So look at the next verse. When his what? Well, so say it one more time. When his family heard what was happening they tried to what take him away and they said he is out of his mind his brothers and sisters didn't believe in him i mean imagine the the humiliation of that you want to know what jesus's family thought of him that he's gone raving mad talk about some family drama right Jesus' own family didn't believe in him. In fact, John uh, chapter 7, verse 3, talks about Jesus' brothers this way. Jesus' brothers said to him, leave here, talking to Jesus. Jesus, you need to leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you, if you can do such wonderful things, why don't you show yourself to the world? They're being sarcastic, right? They're making fun of him. How do I know that? Next verse. For even his brothers, what? didn't believe in him. So your family has drama. Let me give you a heads up. God's family has drama. Some of us, we have family situations that we can laugh about, but honestly, sometimes they're just difficult. They're complicated. And I want to let you know today that you are the reason that Jesus came. You are the reason that Jesus became Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus would say this later in his life. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I've not called to come the righteous, but I've come to call sinners. Jesus steps into complication. He isn't afraid of your drama. Jesus wants to be right in the middle of your family drama. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us in our family drama because God's family has drama. Did you know God's family has drama? And it still does. If you're a part of one church, <laughs> oh, our church is such a great church. I wouldn't want to be a part of any other church, but guess what? We got some drama. We do. There, things just get messy. We have complicated people in our church who have conflict. We've had people who, um, who've gotten divorced, 
and uh, th- they both sets, all four Christmases show up here, and they try to get along. And we have other people that come to a 9 o'clock service, and they try to miss people who come to the 1030 service because they just don't like one another. And, I mean, it, it gets icky, and it gets messy. We have people with shady and messy past. We have people on different ends of the economic spectrum. We have poor and we have rich. We have haves and we have have-nots. We have people on different scales of the political spectrum. We have people here who are Democrats. We have people here who are Republicans. We have people here who voted for Hillary. And we have people here who voted for Trump. We have people here who didn't vote at all. Right? We're, but we're all a part of the body of Jesus Christ. We're all a part of his family. So your family has drama. God's family has drama, but here's the thing. We don't get to choose, do we? We don't get to choose whether or not to be a part of that family. We just are. But let me tell you something that we, you and I do have the opportunity, and we have the opportunity to get to choose, and it's simply this. What's my role going to be in the family drama? What's my role going to be in the family drama? What are some potential roles that you and I can play this Christmas season in our family situation that maybe would turn a bad situation into a good one? Let me give you a couple of possibilities. First one, I can play the role of peacemaker instead of a drama queen. I can play the role of a peacemaker instead of a role of a drama queen. How many of y'all know a drama queen? Raise your hands. All right, so, now some of y'all, y'all pointed, and y'all, I didn't say to point. I said raise your hands, right? We all know people who are drama queens. And if you, How many of y'all have ever been the parent of a toddler? Then you've known a drama queen, right? I mean, a a toddler gets mad when they're not getting attention, when they're not the center of attention, when they get hurt. You know about it. They love attention. And when they're a toddler, it's kind of cute and it's a show. But some of you, you haven't been a toddler for years. And you're still wearing the drama queen uh, tiara. And you never grew out of that. We all know have people who have flares for the dramatic. Maybe it's your office. They just don't know. They just stir the pot. Uh, If talk comes their way, they're going to spread the talk. They're going to stir it. They're going to magnify it rather than settle it down. Some of us, we have people in our own family. And for some of us, we are that person, right? Let's be honest. We tend to make things bigger and blow them more out uh, out of context and out of control than they need to be. For some of us on social media, we, that's exactly what we do. We kind of tendency to blow it up. We pull the pin. And with current events, you know, I get that. Well, we all have a tendency to do that. But what if we just decided this Christmas that during the month of December, I'm going to be a peacemaker? I'm going to be a peacemaker. When Jesus came, one of the roles that he came to fill is the Prince of Peace. Jesus wasn't a drama queen. He came to bring peace. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. He is the prince of peace, and he calls you and I to be peacemakers this holiday season. What would it look like for you to be a peacemaker this Christmas? What would be some things that you would have to change about your attitude and about your, about your words what would it look like for you to be a peacemaker this Christmas? Look at Romans twelve eighteen. It says this, If it possible, as far, as far as it depends upon you, live at what? Peace with some people. Isn't that what it says? Live at peace with everyone. I wonder what it would look like if you and I just said, you know what, I'm going to be a peacemaker this year. A couple of ideas as we kind of drill down on this. For some of us, it means that we're going to need to forgive somebody. We're going to need to forgive somebody. Some of us, we just need to forgive. Being a peacemaker is going to actually make you acknowledge, yes, somebody has hurt me in a very difficult way, but I'm going to choose peace because I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm not saying that what they did was okay. I'm not even saying that um, they even asked for forgiveness or even deserve forgiveness. But you know this, we don't forgive other people because they deserve it. We forgive because God first forgave us. You and I choose to forgive. I'm not going to let this offense, something that may have happened years ago, I'm not going to let it cause issues in our home this year. 
All of the family knows that when some of you, when you come together with this other person, there's potential for fireworks to blow up. There's potential for drama. What if we just said, not this year, not this year. I'm going to be a peacemaker. For some of us, we're on the other side of that. We don't need to forgive, but we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe we've done something or have said something, and we in, maybe we intended to or not intended to, but it caused a wound. For some of us, we just need to own that, and we, we need to bring humility. For some of us, we need to bring some humble, tie, humble pie to the family table this year, don't we? And we need to say, you know what? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Let me tell you, by the way, forgiveness. This is so very important. You don't say, this is not a way to ask for forgiveness. If I've offended you, I'm sorry. If you took that the wrong way, I'm sorry. Because what you're doing when you say that is, you know what, you're still the problem. So when you ask for forgiveness, this is what you do. I am sorry that I did that. Will you please forgive me? And you let that be that. And the onus is on them, whether or not they forgive you or not. But you have done, as far as it depends upon you, you've tried to live at peace with everyone. I tell you, do you know there's some people in your family that are trying to figure out how they're going to handle you this holiday season? Think about that. They are. Just come in and be humble. Choose to be a peacemaker not a drama queen. So some of you, you need to forgive somebody. Other of us, we need to ask for forgiveness. And the last thing we need to do is we need to establish some boundaries. Establish some boundaries. Maybe some of us need to be peacemakers by saying, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to do this. For every young couple, a time will come when you need to establish some boundaries with your parents or your in-laws. You, I mean, you have to put some boundaries in place. That you know, We're not going to answer the phone if you call after a certain time. Or, you know what, we would love for you to come over, but we would need you to call first. Now, we have three boys now in, in our family. I don't care if anybody shows up at any time of night, as long as you take one of my kids with you. Okay? It's totally fine. All right? Now, here's what I want to talk about establishing boundaries. I want to watch that clip of Orlando slash Brad with his brothers. And now you see Kate and Brad kind of interacting after the whole UFC championship fight in Orlando slash Brad lost. Let's watch this. Oh, God, honey, I am so sorry that you had to see that. Listen, let me apologize for them. And if you want to say mistletoe because it's too... Heavy for you, I get it. I totally get it. Don't feel weird about that. If you need to get out of here, you let me know what your comfort zone is, because that was weird. I, I, I cannot believe you did not tell me your real name. What are you talking about? I just... It's just crazy to me. We've been together for three years, and I don't even know your real name. Doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd? No, that doesn't strike me as a little bit odd. I hated my name, so I changed it. Maybe to a stranger on the street, but to somebody you're sharing your life with? Yeah, you tell them your real name. I really don't want to get into this right now. By the way, this is exactly what I was afraid would happen if we came here. This isn't us. This is them. We're letting them in. Because I don't want to be blindsided again. Oh, that's very funny. Go ahead and take a shot. I mean, it's bad enough I have to deal with those Neanderthals, but now i got to take it from you, too. No, you shouldn't. And you shouldn't let them walk alone either. Kate, they are trained UFC fighters. They know pressure points on people. <laughs> but you're twice their size. They're semi-professional cage fighters. Like, one person comes out, one person doesn't. You know what I mean? I like cockfighting, but, like, with dudes. I thought you said they were personal trainers. They're dude cockfighters. Like that thing that you see on the pay-per-view? Yes, exactly. Oh. Except they don't actually get paid for it. They mostly just brawl in people's backyards, and then they upload the footage to YouTube. Honey, my childhood was just like the Shawshank Redemption, except I didn't have some kind, older, soft-spoken, gentle black man to share my struggle with. But you're not that child anymore, okay? Mm. You're a grown, strong, mm. confident, successful man. Okay, I, I really don't want to get into this. Right, let me just let you know the truth. Mm. They're intimidated by you. What you need to do is go out there and set some healthy boundaries and demand that they respect you. Do you know what I'm saying? Hey, Big City, time to open up some presents. Come on, son, we gotta go. This is your opportunity. You could do this, baby. Okay, gentlemen. Can we just take it down a notch, please? I'm not a kid. You can't talk to me like that anymore. We're adults. Do you understand? I'm a grown man with hair on my chest, right? 
there's going to be certain boundaries that are going to exist between us now they might be invisible so i know that you gentlemen won't be able to see them but you're certainly going to be able to respect the fact that they're there these boundaries are not to be crossed and if they are crossed there's going to be real consequences to that thank you I'm telling you, this is a unique movie. So some of you are like, I don't think I'm going to watch this one. That's totally fine. So um, I, I, I just got a question uh, come in uh, from an individual. It says, um, how do you get a sister to come back to family gatherings? Uh, she has conflict with my dad. How can I reach her? That's a great question. You know, the thing I would simply say is this, is you can't force people to come back to family gatherings. I think all of us know that. But one of the things I would encourage you to do if you haven't already is just to sit down with your sister and talk about what it means and what it would look like for her to be able to come and to forgive her dad. So I would do I would have that private conversation. You don't bring it up when everybody's around the family table. Hey, how come you won't? You, know, you don't do that, right? You don't ambush anybody, but you have that private conversation. And it's going to be a difficult conversation. Pray going into that. If she's a Christ follower, she's a Christian, you and I both know, especially when it says in Ephesians chapter 4, that we are, Ephesians 4, I think it's 32, it says, forgive one another just as we have got, we've received forgiveness in Christ Jesus. So it's one of those things, if she's a Christian, you can say, hey, listen, I don't know what dad's done and how horrific that was, but when you choose not to forgive, it's kind of like drinking poison but expecting to harm the other person. So I would have that private conversation with your sister, and then I would also have that private conversation with your dad, because your dad may need to own up to some stuff and may need to ask for forgiveness. And uh, I'll tell you, it's not going to be easy. Uh, family drama never is. So, uh, so who are some things, and this leads to a great question, whoever texts that. Uh, for some of you, uh, who, is, who are some people in your family circle or friends that you need to make peace with this year. Some of us, we need to audition for the role of peacemaker every day. We have to figure that out. How can I make peace? How can I be the voice to bring peace into this situation instead of being a drama queen? The second role you and I can play is simply this. I can play the role of love giver, not hater. I think it was that great theologian by the name of Taylor Swift that said, gonna hate, 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 shake it off, shake, shake, shake it off right? Uh, we have to be love givers. Uh, you remember when Jesus had this conversation with the guy and he asked, the guy asked Jesus, hey, what is the most greatest commandment? Jesus could have went a thousand different directions. Don't steal, don't be stingy, don't use bad language. Instead, listen to what Jesus had to say. Jesus replied, you must love God. Everybody say love God. You are to love God with all of your heart all of your soul, and all of your mind. Just keep that verse up there if you would. For some of us, we need to be, we need to be a love giver. And to be a love giver, first of all, you just have to open up your heart and to receive God's love this year. For some of you, you you've never really done that. Intellectually, yeah, okay, I kind of get it and you understand that. But for some of you, you just need to open up your heart and you say, okay, I'm going to become a Christ follower this year. And then it says this in that verse. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be a love giver. Love other people. Love your family this year. Jesus came because of love. You know that. We all know John 3.16 because of Tim Tebow, right? For God so love. Thank you. That was very painful for all of us. Let's say that one more time, shan't we? For God so Love the world exactly right that he gave his one and only son. So God is a love giver, and we've all heard the phrase, it's better to give than receive. I agree with that, but when it comes to being a love giver, I wonder if some of us need to receive before, the, before we can give. I wonder if some of us need to receive God's love before we can start getting along and loving other people. 
Every time we walk into the room, you, you know this, every time we walk into the room, we walk into the room with a love cup that's either full or empty. And we've either had that cup filled by God and we've learned to receive the Father's love, to know that He loves us, that He dotes on us, that He's proud of us. When God fills us up, we can walk into any room and not need anybody else to fill us up. We don't need anything from other people. We are already full with God's love so that we can give love to other people. But when you and I walk into a room and our cup is empty, we are expecting other people to fill us. We're expecting other people to fill a role that they have never, ever intended to, to, to ever fill that role. Because only God can fill us up. What if you and I just decided, I want to receive your love today, Jesus Christ. God is so proud of you. He doesn't expect anything from you. He's already done everything. He's already done the heavy lifting. And he just wants you to be a part of his family. So here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask us to do. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to invite any of us and all of us, if you want to receive God's love today, to do that. And, uh, and as I'm going to pray, we're going to finish praying. The band's not going to come up. Uh, I'm going to send you guys out on a clip of four Christmases uh, that should make your day. <laughs> so, but let me just simply say this. For some of you, you have, you've never known what it means to go into a room where your love cup is totally filled. Because it's like you have holes punched in the bottom of your heart, your styrofoam heart, and it just oozes and leaks. And God's going, let me be that for you. Let me be love for you. That God is love. So I'm going to ask everybody just to, if you would, just close your eyes. And we're going to talk to God. And when we talk to our Heavenly Father, we don't need to use really big words or anything like that. We just need to talk to Him as a person talks to a friend. And that's what I'm going to invite you to do today. That if you want to receive God's love, you would be able to do that now. By simply just praying a prayer like this one. God, Lord, I am needy. Lord, I am I'm struggling. In so many areas of my life, God, I just feel like it's just complication after complication. And it's mainly because I bring complex stuff to it. Lord, I am a sinner. And I don't do good things. And even when I try to do good things, it just turns out badly, poorly. So God, I just pray that today, when I pray, I want to experience the love that I can only get from your son. So Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. Lord, that I would start following you. That you would start calling the shots. Whatever that looks like. In every area of my life. God, I just, I need you, Jesus Christ. So I, I pray, God, I trust in you. Lord, I still may have a lot of questions, but I understand that you died on the cross and you, you came to life again because of me so that I can have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. So Lord, right now I pray, as complex as the holiday season will be, I pray that this area of my life, this simple area, you would make it simple. You would allow my love and your love to permeate my life in such a simplistic way that makes everything clear. I love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, now, before you guys go, i got to set up this clip. <laughs> um, what's so funny is Kate and Orlando, Brad... Uh, they decide to go to a Christmas Eve church service. And uh, the problem is, is that uh, Mary and Joseph, who's supposed to be a part of the nativity, this live nativity, have fallen sick. So um, uh, Kate's mom volunteers Kate to be Mary and volunteers Brad to be Joseph. And uh, you're going to see throughout this clip uh, that Kate is terribly frightened uh gets a lot of stage fright and brad he becomes a thespian at large so uh as we leave today you're welcome to stick around and you're welcome to go ahead and mosey out uh let's watch this clip next week pastor carlo is going to be we're going to be looking at a christmas story how many of y'all like the, the movie christmas story 
some good, it's a good stuff out there, right? So just don't shoot your eye out, Lee. I see you. So, all right, let's watch this clip and we'll be done for the day. Thanks for hanging out with us. I don't feel good. Maybe you should hold the baby. Sweetheart, I gotta get my instrument loose. Just remember, acting is reacting. And Joseph and Mary went up from Galilee and out of the city of Nazareth. Okay, find your truth. Brad, I don't know if I can do this. Check it out, baby. We're digging my walk. Because there was no room in the inn, they stayed in the stable. And Mary wrapped the baby in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger. And Mary wrapped the baby in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger. Say my line, we're losing the audience. It's dead air out there. Come on, Mary. <laughs> this child is a blessing to the both of us. We shall name him Jesus. Glory to God. And peace on earth to the highest point on earth. There's no swaddle cloth here. This thing isn't big enough to swaddle the baby. Someone's got to carry the performance here. I'm nervous, Brad. I can't feel my legs. Please don't do this to me. It would appear that my wife is better at making babies than swaddling them, no? <laughs> yes? <laughs> You're wearing the swaddle cloth on your belt. Woman, do your job and swaddle this baby. Brad, I can't. You're wearing the swaddle thing around your belt. Enough. This child's life is now in jeopardy. Unfit mother, give me this baby. And I, Joseph, shall swaddle this baby. And I, Joseph, will protect this child. Forgive her son, for she knows not what she's done.